This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Monday, June the 3rd. I'm your host, D.A. And the Golden State Warriors do what the Golden State Warriors do. They go on the road, they cut out your heart, and they do it without you even noticing it. And when you wake up, you're dead. The Toronto Raptors had a big lead in the first half, and it dwindled and dwindled and dwindled so spectacularly, so quickly, by the time that they blinked and woke up, the Warriors had game number two. And who nailed the shot at the end of the game to ice it? Not Steph, not Clay, of course not KD, who's been out this series. How about Andre Iguodala? Yep, they can kill you a million ways. And last night, it was Iggy. So we begin in the Bay Area. Joe Lowe and Dibs, a 95-7 of the game in San Francisco as another bit player steps up in a huge clutch way. You know the movie Major League Two where Serrano gets real soft, he becomes like a Buddhist, and he's not, you know, aggressive anymore, no more Joe Boo, and the guy they bring in, they make the trade for the Japanese Giants, he comes in to play left field, he does the thing with the marbles. He tries to tell Serrano he doesn't have the balls ah, to make the play right. anymore. That shot took balls. That's what that was. You talk about guys needing heart, guys needing spirit, Pride, focus, Iguodala, balls. Seven seconds to play. Nobody, nobody close. The guy shooting 36% from three on uncontested threes this postseason has no business taking the shot. Yakum, draws, balls, whatever you want to say. Incredible game last incredible night. Incredible game and an incredible shot. And you, you made a great point. You didn't have to shoot that. You could have held on and made another pass. And maybe you get another shot later in the clock. But you're open. And the thing about this Warriors team is a shot created must be taken. You had big shot after big shot from Quinn Cook. You had alley hoops to Andrew Bogut. And Iguodala alone from the three-point line. You figure, God, I hope this goes in. It's over if it does. And if he misses that... Toronto gets two. Maybe you have overtime. All of a sudden, you got real problems. Good to have you back, big man. How was the weekend? It was great. It was absolutely great. It was great to get back to Tampa Bay, Florida, go see uh, see some of the guys, D. Brooks and Mike Allstott, just see some of the guys and catch up with them. But I tell you right now, guys, hell of a game. Big shot by Andrew by Iggy. By Iggy. But I, I, you know what? Balls you, is what it is. Yeah, just it, ball. That's the only word it, you need to use to describe it. You do. You do, but it's a situation where you think, "Oh my God, why? Why shoot it?" I think after the after the fact, you're like, "Wow, that was a hell of a shot." But in real time, you think, "No, dribble it out." What are you doing? Don't, what are you doing? Yeah, what it's are like you the doing? Houston game when Clay went for the layup. What are you right. doing? What are you doing? You you don't make that shot. They call timeout with five seconds, seven seconds left, and you're in trouble. You know, talking like you said, dibs could be overtime, could make a three for the win. There was a lot of different things. Uh, Andrew uh, uh, Ingadala 
this is a guy that's a sniper. He took a shot, man. And you just like were holding your breath as it went through. But big shot, like you said, straight balls. He got hurt in the last game. We weren't even sure if he was going to play. These guys, they're tattered. This is this is uh, Tom Hanks at the end of Saving Private Ryan. He's about to die, but yeah. he's doing whatever he can to get Private Ryan back to his family. They are going to do whatever it takes to win this title, and then if that is the end of the dynasty, so be it. But it is a mash unit of walking wounded individuals yeah. who are finding a way to scratch out wins. Nothing came easy last night. And, oh, by the way, welcome back, Dubcon 3. 18-0 run to start the third quarter. 20-0 run when you count the two points the Warriors scored at the end of the second quarter. There hasn't been a run like that in the NBA Finals since the merger. And it didn't happen during the merger. They just take the data back to the merger, and that's it. That's it. You go that's back to- it. Pre-merger and then merger. It's like uh, Berlin in World War II. And it's incredible when you see it in real time and you think, this run just can't end. And then all of a sudden it's a 12-0, and it's 14-0, 16-0, and it's 18-0. And you start to really feel like this game and the series is turning in that moment. But then you're not out of the woods. It's not like you go 18-0 run and then it's a motorboating and everybody gets to slap each other on the back and enjoy it. Clay goes out with the hamstring. You're already down loony. And now it's a question of, oh, my God, can they hold on for dear life? And they did. The whole night, every time Quinn Cook was about to fire, my thought is, no, yes, I knew it. You should have taken that shot. (laughs) And he goes to put another one up. No, what does this guy do? Yes, he's red hot. Keep feeding Quinn Cook. Just a, a roller coaster of emotions. This this is insane. So you go all the way back to the beginning of the Steve Kerr run. This is just the fifth time they've been involved in a series that wasn't 2-0 Warriors. Just the fifth time. This is the 20th postseason series under Steve Kerr. You had the 2015 Memphis series where they were down 2-1, but it was a 1-1 split early. There was the OKC series in 16, the Houston series last year, and the Clippers series this year. The only times prior to this series where we've seen it non-2-0 heading to Game 3. Now we come back to Oracle Wednesday. Tip time is 6 p.m. right here on 95.7 The Game. Now let's not forget that Iggy was the NBA Finals MVP for the Warriors' first championship five years ago. Well, when you look at this team right now, that's how brutal the array of weapons is to try to defend. Even if KD is out, even if Klay Thompson is out, even if it's not Steph Curry, even if it's not Draymond Green, even if it's not DeMarcus Cousins, it could still be somebody else, in this case, Iguodala with the dagger. So now we've got a 1-1 series heading back to the Bay Area and Oracle Arena where the Warriors, with two home wins, would put this thing in a vice grip. But... Still doesn't mean all of America loves this Warriors team, no matter if they win this next championship, third in a row, or not. Guys like Draymond Green will always be mighty hateable for most of the country. Here's the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Draymond hate. Does he actually deserve it? I'm going to give my shovel to a guy whose names remain anonymous. I can find it out. But it's Joe's friend. Joe, I'm giving your friend a shovel right now. I'm going to tell you why, Ed. Joe texted me because he wanted me to solve an argument between he and one of his friends. It's not a family member, is it, Joe? Friend. Over Draymond Green. And here's, what it, here's a quote from his friend. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is a role player and can easily be done without. Oh, really? A role player and can easily be done without. Uh-huh. 
This role player who could easily be done without was a plus 12 last night. He was one assist shot. No, I'm, yeah. One assist shot, right? Why can't I find his numbers now? Draymond. Yeah, yeah. One assist shy of yet another triple double. 17 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists. All he does, Ed, is fill up the stat sheet every night. I think he is the spark for that team. He may not be the best player in that team because it's just, I mean, it's basically an all star team every night, but he is the guy. I'm going to tell you what smart superstars do with Draymond Green. They all say, Let's take about $3 million less or $2 million less. Yeah. Let them shift that to Draymond to get him his money. Yep. That's what, that's what Pippen and Jordan did with Rodman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That smart superstars look at a guy like Draymond Green and say, hey, listen, guys, we can all take a little less yep. and allow them to shift that and let Draymond get paid like he's one of us. <laughs> and now we're all happy. <laughs> yeah. If you're smart. That's what you do. If you're not smart, you know what you do? You call Draymond Green a role player who can easily be done without. <laughs> so basically, you're calling Joe's friend a dope. No, I'm not. I'm just giving him a shovel. All right. I'm just giving him a shovel. That's all. <laughs> I got to feel that Joe is recording all of this. Oh, I'm sending it. And like, emailing it to yeah, his Yeah, 100%. <laughs> So, did you win the argument now, Joe? 100%. 100%, But that's the thing. My friends just like to get under my skin, so I can't tell if if he's really just messing with me or if he's being serious and actually thinks that. I'm hoping he's messing with you. It's really hard to get under your skin, though. Who would have thought? (laughs) I was was about to ask, where are you going with that? Where are you going with that? Boy, ten five eight three one zero five seven. Jerry gets one day off, and Joe's been smiling for forty nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that, Joe? You're normally grumpy, Joe. Today you're smiling, I Joe. I don't know. That's odd how that works out. <laughs> Let's go to DC Mike. What's up, DC Mike? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing, man? I'm calling about uh, Joe's friend. I, he doesn't just get a shovel; he gets like a heavy duty construction grade scooper. Uh, <laughs> That, that's probably the most ridiculous comment. The first person I thought of is is that Rodman comparison. Yep. You've got to have a guy like that on your team because he makes the difference. I tell you what, if this were hockey, he'd be the equivalent of an enforcer yep. who could score. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How about that? Danger, the most and that doesn't happen often. That doesn't happen. An enforcer who can go out and, and, and beat you up mm-hmm. and then go score. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. That's a great comparison. You definitely need guys like that. Isn't it funny? Like they're my favorite players, though. Because they're, they're, I have Rodman socks. They're they're the they're the glue players, man. Yeah. You got all these superstars out there, and then you got this one guy in the middle that just holds everything together. Mm-hmm. The glue, and that's yeah. that's what Draymond Green. Draymond Green is not only a guy who could be done without. Draymond Green is probably the guy that you can't. I mean, other than maybe Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, he's next to Steph Curry. I would never, you can't diminish the talent on that Yeah, team. you can't. I, I would let go but. of, I would let go of Clay Thompson before Draymond Green. So would I. I absolutely, would. absolutely. And I'm going to tell you this, when Kevin Durant leaves mm-hmm. because of Draymond Green, yes. they'll be okay. And I know that sounds odd because he's talking about arguably the best basketball player in the world. Versus a guy that Joe's friend says can be done without. Nope. And I I like Draymond even more because then Durant will be a Nick. 
He's talkative, he's obnoxious, he's in your face, but he's damn good. And what we've seen with KD going down is just how valuable Draymond is. Because when they play that breakneck pace, that super tempo, Draymond being able to get a rebound, get up the floor, dribble with ferocity and speed, and also dish off and pass or finish is of such value. So while he is absolutely hateable, you also have to give him credit. He is a crucial part of this team, and he's way more than just a quote-unquote role player. In Cleveland, they are wondering what could have been. Four years in a row, it was the Warriors and the Cavaliers. In three of those four years, the Warriors came out with the championship banner. But what would happen this year? Here's the Ken Carmen show on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. If the Cavs had LeBron and Kyrie still on this team, would they be leading this NBA Finals two games to none? I watched game one, and now Clay Thompson has an injury. Is this an ankle injury? Hamstring. A hamstring. Beg your pardon. A hamstring injury. You have him, DeMarcus Cousins, who's on the on the mend. Steph Curry, who I guess has a cold or whatever. Hey, Pray no, for Steph Curry. Something. Yeah, so every time he plays bad, he's got some sort of ailment. Amazing. Uh, it's like Shawn Michaels with the heavyweight championship. So every time something bad happens to him, there's got to be an excuse. But you have Steph Curry, who's sick. You have Kevin Durant, who's out. Andre Iguodala, who's legitimately playing through an injury right now. If the Cavaliers were still comprised of what they had had before, Kyrie, Kevin, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, Jr., you might be the favorites. I'm not sure about that either way. Without Kevin Durant right now, you'd be the favorites. I, I am. I am serious. You would be up 2-0 in this series. Look at how hard it is and, for the Warriors. There is, there's resentment because I'm sorry, but the Lakers didn't go on to great success with LeBron. Obviously, the the Celtics. They have been a disappointment with Kyrie Irving. I know they got the Eastern Conference Finals last year against the Cavs and lost. They didn't have Kyrie. But they have been, by and large, either they were successful, it seemed, in spite of Kyrie, or they have been, by and large, a disappointment with Kyrie. And I figure if they were both together, and i got to throw a little bit of disappointment, in, obviously, in there with LeBron. I can't just keep him away from it. I think we'd be looking at a Cavs 2-0 series right now headed back to the Bay. And I think people across the country would be freaking out right now. I don't know if they. I don't think they would have won last year, but if it were five times in a row, I think this one might be the capper. I think the Cavaliers would get them. They're asking to get beat. Think about it. In that Portland series that they swept, people are only going to remember the sweep. What they will forget is every single one of those games they were down fifteen or more that they had to come back and win. Uh, obviously, the first game they couldn't come all the way back and win, and last night they were able to do it, but it was very tenuous. So, I agree with you. I think the Cavs would be up two games to nothing. The the Cavs for twenty seventeen would be so, up two games. So to I can ask you. Because you're very good at this, I'm not. Should I let it go? Because I watch these games and go, the Cavaliers would have won this. They w- they would definitely would have won this. I would not have been able to let it go had we not have won a championship. I know that's a, that's a people are going to hear that as a cop out. That isn't a cop out. It's the truth. I think I think there's a reason why a lot of people don't care about the finals and they were going after you for still watching the finals. They got a championship. The Cavaliers sucked this year. There's no more LeBron. It might be hurtful more towards the future because I still said. I think LeBron leaving killed the NBA for a lot of people. Now they have a championship. I keep telling them every single day, unless something crazy happens again, they really have no shot, and I still believe that. They will never have a shot again to win a sincere championship, sincerely win a championship until we're all probably all dead and gone, or ever again. I think that a lot of people believe that, and it's killed that. And I watch this, and I go, man, we could have had another. And I think that a lot of people agree with you about that. I just wonder if I should move on with it because especially if Toronto ends up going up 2-1 in this series or 3-1 in this series because I don't think Toronto's dead because of this loss. 
And I just keep, I will continue to wonder if these games are close, I would continue to wonder and go, LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin and everybody, they will win this game. Oh, Cleveland, don't do this to yourself. Don't live in the past. Don't say what if, what could have been. LeBron's gone. Kyrie's gone. Kevin Love was injured. Nowhere close to the NBA Finals. Missing the playoffs altogether. Don't go down this road. It's it's only going to be difficult for It's only going to be torturous to think about what could have been. But if we do say what could have been, yeah, I think that a healthy LeBron and a healthy Kyrie Irving, yeah, they would have control of this series because right now the Warriors can be beaten as long as as Kevin Durant is out. Now, when KD comes back, all bets are off. The arch nemesis of this Golden State Warriors team, the team that just simply cannot get over that Warriors hump, of course, the Houston Rockets. And so what to do this offseason? Do you try to trade everybody on the roster? Well, sounds like Daryl Morey is considering that option. Do you bring back Mike D'Antoni, or do you make a coaching change? Well, contract negotiations with the head coach of the team have stalled. So more drama with the Rockets this offseason Here's Sports Radio 610 in Houston and the Triple Threat. This, to me, I, I could see where Mike's side of it, Rich, is looking at it and says, this is basically a $2.5 million contract. Yes, and Jonathan asked Warren Legary if the offer, which could wind up in D'Antoni only receiving that $2.5 million right. in 2020-2021, uh, was an insult. And Legary said, no, we don't look at it as an insult. I'll go ahead and speak for D'Antoni and Legary. It's an insult yeah. to, to throw an offer like this to, to, to Mike D'Antoni and to characterize it as, as Tillman just said, if you don't perform, we're going to sit down and talk about why that didn't happen. Translation, if you don't perform, I can get out of this contract by paying you 50% of your salary yeah. and be scot-free and, and, and free of you. I mean, like you said, Sean, D'Antoni has not failed. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's, it's, it's crazy to say that short of Rudy Tomjanovich – Tom Janovich's two championships, he's the most successful coach this franchise has ever had. Certainly his three-year tenure would suggest that, especially with including going to Game 7 against the, Western, against the Warriors in the Western Finals last year. And then the first cut you pl- pl- uh, played, I'm not in the business of handing out crazy long-term deals. Well, first of all, D'Antoni's got one year left on his current deal, and we're talking about a two-year extension. Nobody was discussing anything more than a two-year extension beyond the, the year he's got left on his current deal. To characterize, what, uh, that, to characterize that as a crazy long-term deal or some sort of situation that he would never entertain is, is misleading at best. Uh, and, and the great offer quote, we made him a great offer. If Warren Legary is telling Jonathan Fagan the truth, and I'm sure he is, this is not a great offer. Yeah. I'll go back to the beginning of my comment. This is an insult. Yeah. Rich, I feel like I have a unique perspective on this because I used to write incentive-based comp plans back in the day for people that I was trying to convince to come work at our company. You know what I mean? Like to convince them that, hey, this is your chance to grab the brass ring. This is your ch- This is what you're going to make in your base salary. But boy, if you blow it up, you're going to make this. And a lot of times there's there's... A lot of truth into it. There's some salesmanship that goes into it. There's there is some you know th- there's there's some uh, you know kind of stressing the upside of it to make it look like hey man look you could make six or seven million dollars if it ha- if this happens that's all well and good and this, it, in the in the world that Tillman Fertitta comes from the restaurant business the casino business 
any type of business, really, other than professional sports, this type of stuff is normal and happens all the time. I agree, but this isn't business. Incentive, he said business is business. The NBA is not business. It's not, and this is the. And this is what I said to the guys in the toss, Rich. I said this is the. This is kind of a scary thing right now if you're a Rockets fan, because this is an indicator that that Tillman is running the Rockets like he's running the restaurant business. And it's it's not the same. It's it's just no, not the not same. Good. That's well, not good. That's not good. I mean, it's the same in that there's a profit and loss. It's of the same course. in that it, it, it is a business. However, the the best owners out there, I, I think, are the you don't ones manage your assets the same way. The, the best owners out there, the most successful ones, I think, a lot of times are the ones that just kind of treat the professional sports team like it's their like they're trying to win a championship for their city, not that they're looking at the the bottom line on the and, whole. And thing. And many of them also let the people they've hired who have decades of experience in the NBA business, yeah. not the quote-unquote business world, advise and, and make those NBA decisions. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't think this is a Mike D'Antoni problem with why they're unable to get over the hump. I think it's a player problem. I think it's a leadership problem inside that locker room. And if I am the front office of the Rockets, I'm not jerking around with D'Antoni. This guy clearly has run the offense the way that you've wanted it. He's gotten this team on the precipice of an NBA Finals. He's gotten this team as the one seed of the Western Conference and then had the bad luck of losing Chris Paul to injury. Honestly, just sign up, D'Antoni, unless you just want to go into next year as a lame duck, but that doesn't really serve anybody in my mind. Why pinch pennies here? Get a contract negotiation, done an extension, done it, then move on to building the roster the way that you feel it needs to be built to win a championship. Drama in Detroit as well. Now, this has happened before. Stop me when you've heard it. The Detroit Lions, with a future Hall of Famer, have the future Hall of Famer retire prematurely and then get into contract squabbles, alienating said player. This has happened with Barry Sanders two decades ago, and now it's happening with Megatron. Calvin Johnson is still running football camps in Michigan after retiring from the Lions in the NFL four years ago. This guy's going to probably be in Canton. And yet, he won't talk to the team, will not talk to the franchise, wants nothing to do with them, because when he abruptly retired four years ago, they demanded taking back some of his signing bonus, a million dollars or more. And so Megatron's saying, give me that money or go away. But until you pay me back, there can be no olive branch. So what should the Lions do? Here's Jamie and Stoney on 97 won The Ticket in Detroit. Obviously, the Lions, they want to honor him. They want to whether it's retire his jersey, put him in the ring of honor. They want him to be back in the fold like Barry is back in the fold. And they're disagreeing over money. And I don't know about you, Jamie. It's like when you have an argument between a billion-dollar corporation that the Lions probably are, right? I would and, assume so. Okay. And a millionaire ex-player. I've gotten to a point in my life and say, you know what? I don't even care. Who gives a rat's ass? I mean, and if I'm going to sit and talk blame, I will usually, even though by the letter of the law, you know, Calvin Johnson did not honor his contract, a signing bonus, the way the whole signing bonuses are, you know, are, are, are constructed is basically the, you know, because he can't do guaranteed contracts. I, I'll side with the player. You know what? You're a zillionaire company, whatever. For a million dollars, you want him. If you want him back that badly, you'll pay him back the million bucks. That that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I tend to agree with you because at some point, just like it did with Barry, 
it will get solved. I mean, right. at some point down the road, you know, cooler heads will prevail. They'll come to some sort of an understanding. They'll come to some sort of an agreement. And Calvin will be back in the fold. He'll be wearing the, uh, the jersey out there on Alumni Day at halftime. And yes, they will retire his number or whatever. I mean, he is going to go to the Hall of Fame. And I would hope that the Lions and Calvin Johnson are on the same page when he does go to the Hall of Fame because it would be kind of awkward. I know it's not the same as like baseball you know, with the whole baseball right. hat and everything like that. But it would be certainly nice if, you know, he's able to be honored at the first Lions game after he's inducted or after they announce it. Well, actually, they usually announce it the, the morning of the Super Bowl. Yes, they do. So it'd be great if the Lions were in the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> so that way, you know, I mean, yeah, that way it's, it's, a, it's a whole harmonious thing. Um, but at the same time, again, you, you, you signed the contract. Correct. And, and the contract does go both ways. Yes, I mean, it does. you are paid a great deal of money to perform your services. Now you can say, oh, these football players, they put their lives on the line. They right. put their, their livelihood on the line every single Sunday. And, and that's true. But that's kind of the deal you sign. I mean, you know you're playing football. This isn't baseball or basketball. It's a much more physical sport. And um, did Calvin give every ounce of his body to the organization? I don't doubt that he did. He was a hell of a player. He was a hell of a... Um, ambassador for the game and for the team. I mean, as classy and as low key of a superstar as you're ever going to meet. So I feel like he earned his money and more. Um, so I guess I tend to side with the player here, even though I don't totally blame the team for asking for the money back. You can ask for it. And then if you don't get it, all right, you know what? Here's a part. It's a parting gift. You know, we made we're a, past we, that point. We made a lot of money off yeah. of you. You know what? But he made a lot of money off of them. I understand that. Yeah. I, I, I get. Look, I get both sides. It's just to me when you see rich people arguing about money, and you have the super rich versus the rich. I'll always, I, I kind of lean toward the rich. But it's but as it's opposed uh, to super rich. But it's it's the principle as well. I know. You know. It's not. I mean, it's not like Calvin needs the money. I'm sure he's doing very well. And you're right. It's not like the Lions need the money. They could forego a couple million dollars to placate one of their all-time great players, yeah. maybe their second greatest player. And another reason why I kind of am on Calvin's side on this one is because he didn't even do it like Barry. Barry screwed the team. Right. Okay. Barry retired on the eve of training camp. They had no chance to recoup the losses. They had no chance to address the position. They were, I mean, I can understand there would be a little bit of bitterness on the part of the organization. Man, this isn't hard. Just pay Megatron. Just pay one of the greatest players you've ever had. It's a million bucks, two million bucks, whatever it is. I mean, that's chump change. And forget principle this, principle that, principle this. Calvin Johnson played his heart out as a total pro. He's still doing great things in the community. He's still helping out your city. You know, why hold him hostage for a million bucks? And why would you want to create a war with a guy that's that popular? He has an impeccable reputation. Everybody around the game loves him. He's he's a potential Hall of Famer for your franchise. If all it costs is a million or two dollars to get him back on your side in good graces, yeah, I think that's easily well worth the money. And finally, over the weekend, what a night in the fights. Anthony Joshua, a huge favorite, goes into the ring and at the last minute has a late scratch, and that means they go down the list and find... Andy Ruiz, who massive underdog to fight Joshua. And Andy Ruiz comes out with a Cinderella victory. Who could have ever thought a TKO of Anthony Joshua? 
So what does this mean for boxing, and what type of incredible night was it? Here's the Joe Rose Show and Zach Krantz on WQAM in Miami. It's just an unbelievable story for a guy that took the fight late after uh, the guy supposed to fight, Anthony Joshua, flunked a drug test. I guess a couple other guys turned it down. So they're just going down the list, and then they go, oh, shoot. There's this other guy. Uh, Those are pretty good punch, but he could be 300 right now. Should we try him? And he's not going to take that much money, which is good, too. We don't have to offer him so much money to get in the ring. We could just offer him a nice amount, which he did get a nice chunk. But, man, he got a nice chunk. But other guys would have asked for probably more money fighting that fight, and he just took it. I uh, There was no shot of him winning before that match. But, None. But, Zach, nobody's getting paid unless you, you fight. you got to fight Wilder or Joshua to get paid. Right of course. No, nobody else is. Anybody fights those guys. Good little payday for him. And he ends up, instead of just getting the payday and going, all right, that's my biggest by far payday I've ever had. He's the champ of the world. <clears throat> so we're, we keep hearing different amounts of uh, what he got paid for the fight, anywhere from 2 and a half to $6 million. So it's a hell of a payday for a guy that's, Got a 33-1 and record. He did. He had a ton of knockouts. But to see him knock down Anthony Joshua, uh, just unbelievable with uh, that body. Well, if he connects, you're getting knocked out. Yeah. You're getting knocked down. Like he, The problem is, is that he's a big dude, and he went seven rounds. There's First off, if that was one of the bets, I would I would have been a prop bet on that saying there's no chance this goes more than three you th- rounds. You thought he'd be gassed by, by the seventh round by just yeah. looking at they him. They went seven and he won and he knocked out Joshua like he literally he was drilling him. And when you that big and you're the haymakers that he was throwing, you're liable to knock someone out after you throw that many haymakers. You know it's amazing. You're so used to watching boxing with these guys that have six pack stomachs and are so used they can take a punch in the gut. Punch in the stomach, uh, and you looked at that thing that he had. Well, he uh, had a stomach. There's I mean, no six pack. There's there. a guy. He ain't missing any meals. No, he, he definitely not off carbs. Twenty four pack. Yeah. Uh, but now he had a fat guy stomach. That's it. I, I just think it's funny now. Like this guy, he fought at two hundred sixty eight pounds, and uh, that was the weigh in, right? Two sixty eight. Yeah, because so, you know what happens right after the weigh in. Right, guys, probably. You know, Gained Probably 20 pounds. A little bit, but what, yeah. whatever it was. So now he's going to, Anthony Joshua, now all of a sudden, uh, loses the sting for that Wilder Joshua fight that we wanted. Yeah, I don't think we're getting that anytime soon. It's going to be a little while before Just that ruined happens. the whole thing. It we're did. talking about the it great did. fight. Couldn't wait. And, of course, Anthony Joshua was chiseled and looks like he is just a health nut and, and cut like Superman. Ruiz came from the drive-thru and in and out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. He was at In-N-Out Burger 35 <laughs> minutes before that fight. Oh, what is man. it, animal style? Is that what you get the fries? Oh. That's it. He's getting animal style soda. I got to like give you, though, 33 and 1. You can dog that body all you want. He's knocking dudes out. Knock- that, that's his whole thing. Don't let him hit you with the haymaker. And if it goes past three rounds, you're going to win the fight. Don't worry. This this dude lasted seven rounds. For all the fat people in America, around the world, this guy is our. This is our. our this is my guy. Hey, 
He got, he, if, uh, I, if he had a jersey, I'd buy it. He got knocked down, and you thought, ooh. What about right. a fake belt? He's done. And Zach he got, is so proud of this I'm guy. I'm so proud of this. He went, first off, I'd be proud if he lost and got his ass beat in the seventh round just for stamina to say that dude lasted seven rounds. He got up. He was down on the ground. And, he got knocked and, that whole and bunch. You had to be thinking, all right, he's collecting it's his over. money. That's it. He's collecting that paycheck. It's going to be hard enough just to stand back up. And he got up pissed off mm-hmm. and started throwing them. Caught caught his second, third, fourth, and fifth wind. And, Ready to uh, go. After Joshua got hit, he just never really got back to where he was. You try to take a hit from that dude. 268 listed, right? That's like when they listed Charles Barkley at 6'9". Okay, he's 6'4". He's listed at 268. He probably fought last night 280 or Saturday night 285. Like, he's hitting you with one of those haymakers. You better move out of the way. What a cool night. What a cool moment. And is boxing better for it? I mean, I don't know. Boxing always loves to have its premier marquee names, and Ruiz is not one of them. But he's an everyman, and the attitude of the smile on his face just lit up the entire room, and he was just so humble and so grateful and so real. I think it's awesome. Andy Ruiz has got my vote for most likable champion that we've had in boxing in a long time. That's the best of your sports talk. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 